0: God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, and I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. It's not enough to be a Christian in name alone. To identify With Christianity. Or to say that you believe in God, therefore that makes you a Christian. Satan believes in God. The demons and devil believe in God. They even kneel before him. When he got off the boat in the Gadarenes, the demon-possessed man ran out of the tombs and kneeled before the Lord and said, Son of the Most High God, have you come to torment us before our time? See, they know what's coming. They're just going to raise havoc until then. They're going to try to trip you up on your way to being obedient to God. They're trying to get in your head. Oh, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to fellowship with saints. Wait, wait. The scripture says fellowship with the saints. Don't don't neglect that as some are in the custom of doing. Are you going to believe what Satan tells you, and what you think with your logic? Or are you going to believe what scripture says? And that's what Satan will do. He's going to try to trip you up. He's going to try to discredit Scripture. Oh, it was written by man. Well, if any of you have ever had a secretary and you dictate a letter, you say, okay, uh, I, want to, I want to send this letter to this guy. And Dear John, thank you for coming to our church and our meeting, and we want to invite you to this other event. And your secretary types it all out that was the holy spirit talking to the disciples to talking to moses talking to peter to james and john and paul who wrote most of the new testament the holy spirit was telling them what to say they were just the secretaries it's the god breathed full of authority full of power word of god scripture even says in genesis that he is the word Mm, he's more than that. He's the word, he's the way, he's the healer, he's the provider. So, just because you identify with Christianity, or you believe that there is a God, doesn't make you a Christian. Even saying the sinner's prayer doesn't make you a Christian. Because if you don't believe and they just convince you it's a good job. I once met a foreign exchange student who says, well, it sounds like the right thing to do, so I'm going to do it just in case. Just in case, doesn't cut it. Because I'm reminded of a scripture that says, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do all these many gifts and works for your name? Just because you operate in a gift doesn't get you a ticket. Here's the reason why. It's a relationship. You can operate in gifts but not have a relationship with. Mm. John, in John 14, 15, he tells us, if you love me, you obey my commandments. And some religions, some beliefs, they'll say, well, if they, they, they were never truly saved. I believe in, there's, there's a time in our life where you can backslid. I've been backslidden before, I've given my life back to the Lord. In my teenage years, that was weekly sometimes. I was struggling. But I always knew that God had a hook in my jaw. He had a call in my life, and I had come and surrendered to him. But here's the thing. We want the loving, gracious, and merciful God. But did you know in his scripture, he says, you think they have come to bring peace? He said, no, I came to bring the sword, to bring judgment, to bring people back to us, not to destroy you. Guilt, shame, and conviction that comes by the Holy Spirit is to bring us back to repentance. And some, some people say, oh, God's attacking me. He's, everything's piling up around me turn to him get off the detour get off the dirt road and get get on the expressway that God has established for you i would dare say that name alone doesn't cut it many people out there say they're christian but i've preached this over and over i had the illustrations up here you'll know them by their fruit not that we are to be spiritual watchdogs Staring each other down, because we'll look at, look at, we got our own fruit also. Until you take care of your fruit, you can't help other people with their fruit. You feel me? You got to make sure yours are what they need to be. Are they rotten and shriveled up because there's no nutrients? The nutrients being fellowship with other saints, prayer, worship, reading of the word, meditating on it. There's an old preacher who used to say, do you look like a uh, donkey uh, sucking lemon drops out of gopher holes. I'll let that sit in for a second. It's a weird old saying. He's an old country preacher. But have you ever seen a downcast person but they say they love the Lord? If that's what you get for loving the Lord, I don't want none of it. I can have my own downcast face without having the guilt and shame of uh, what Christianity promises. We got to get back into a right understanding of who God is and what He wants us to do, and that's going to break it down for you real quick right now. Jesus explained it in the Scriptures. He gave us an outline for His expectations, and I'm using the Amplified Bible because it really explains some stuff. And I'm going to blast through this real quick, and uh, hopefully you'll be with me as I read this uh, these these passages in Matthew 16 uh 24, it tells us, Then Jesus said to his disciples, this is him talking, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interest, take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. A lot of people don't want to do that. And follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example, and living, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. See, I just had a, I had a debate at a, the state council meeting just recently. We we're talking about uh, there's, there's a shortage of ministers in the state and there's churches that aren't the most attractive and no one wants to go to them. There's, there's licensed ministers, but because that church can't offer a high salary or, or medical benefits, they don't want to go. Are you called or aren't you? This talks about suffering for Christ I'm reminded of Peter had a fishing business James and John sons of Zebedee had multiple fishing boats they they left their fishing boats Luke was a doctor Matthew was a tax collector I'm remembering the the call of Elisha when Elijah put his cloak around him he had a a farming business he could have sold his oxen and his plow and his yoke and had some money for ministry but no he killed the oxen as a sacrifice unto the Lord and burnt it on the yoke and the plow. He gave it all up. Do you think he went, any of those went without? The answer is no, because Paul tells you, I've been old and I've been young, I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging, begging for bread. God is faithful. Sometimes we worry, well, I don't know, I might not have this, I might not have... Worry is not from God. If that starts to set in, that's attack from the enemy. Bind that right now in the name of Jesus. Anything that detracts you from doing what God has called you to do is a lie from the enemy. Well, if I do that, I might not have this, I might not have that. It's funny because coming here, I didn't know all the, 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 the numbers and details and everything else. And part of it was strategic. Because I didn't want to get distracted. What I had to determine is, did you guys pray? And did I pray? And what do we feel God called? I felt like he called me here. Regardless of what the finances look like. Regardless of what the situation was or the buildings were. Regardless of all that, am I called here or not? Some people, well, well Pastor, I need insurance. Need no, you need Jesus. You need a right relationship with Him. I've seen the Lord do things for people and their bodies that the doctors and medicine could never do. You think you need all these other things. You think you need a companion in people, but you need a companion in the Lord. You need a right relationship with Him. Until you have a right relationship with Him, any other thing that you try to do isn't going to work out anyway. He wants to be first in your life. He wants to be the most important, even more important than that spouse. And I'm going to show you that here in a minute. In Matthew 10, 37, it it even tells us about this. And and, uh, this is when uh, Jesus says this. I'm going to jump up to 34. This is Jesus talking. In Matthew 10, verse 34, Do you think I have come to bring peace on earth? I did not come to bring peace, but a sword, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man uh, and his enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Some say, well, my kids didn't want to come to church today, so I'm not coming to church. Who's, who's the parent? Do you love the, their, their opinion or their needs more than God's needs? Now, listen, if they're... Deathly ill, I get it. But you know what my dad used to say? Dad, I'm feeling sick, I'm not going to go. Come on, we're going to go to the altar and pray. You're not going to take two and go back to bed. You're going to come to the altar and pray. Why is that? Because that's saying you believe more and have more faith in what's in that bottle, that prescription, the pills, than you do the power of God. Church, we got to get back to that place where we believe in and we operate in. You and I both, not just the pastor, you and I both operate in the power of the living God. Amen? Amen. we got to get back to that place. I get it. You might, you know, there's some things, chemicals, biology, things that need to be taken care of because of sin nature in the world. I get it. You, there might be some medicines you need to take, uh, but I'm going to tell you. Don't stop praying. The day may come where those medicines are reduced. The day may come where you don't need them anymore. I'm not saying to abandon them. We got to use wisdom. What I'm saying is pray. I said pray. Pray without ceasing until God gives you an answer. Paul even had a, an affliction of some sort, a buffering spirit. He said he prayed three times and God said, my grace It's sufficient. Some of you need that ailment to keep you humble, to keep you praying. I hope that's not the case, but it might be. Here's the thing. It's not what you think or what you feel. Oftentimes people say, well, I don't think God would do that. I'm going to tell you what you think really doesn't matter. I'm not trying to be mean or bogue or rude at all. What you think doesn't matter. It's what does the word say. Your opinion, your emotions about a subject or a matter don't. I know it's hard. I, know some, I could see some of you college students are very intellectual, wise. You're, you're, you're well educated. I get that. I praise God for that. But don't neglect this in your education. Because this is going to do more than what some of them rascally professors are trying to confuse you in. Huh? They may know something about their their given thing. You know, if it's music, they know more about music than me. But that ain't going to get you into heaven. It might be sales and marketing or engineering, I don't care what it is, you need this. You need a knowledge, a working knowledge of this material right here. Can you pass the exam of this? <clears throat> well, the, the, the school policy, my boss's policy, the company policy is it listen. Mm, oh, you guys are gonna give me a um, look. If they're gonna give everybody else rights. It's about time that Christians stood up, voiced their opinion, took a stand, and that we reclaim our rights to speak. Why is it everybody else has a First Amendment right? But when you start to talk about Jesus Christ, they all start getting all scared and nervous and saying they're offended. Tell, let me give you some tools. you offended. I'm offended. You're offended. I'm offended that you have a right to express your opinion, but I don't. You're offended by my cross. I'm offended by your flag. Huh? You say that I, I can't disagree with you? Mm, oh, man, Lord, that's another sermon for another day. I'm a, I'm a get, let me jump back on this real quick. Cause I, Listen, one thing I know, because I grew up in a neighborhood that was a little bit tough, and if you didn't stand up for yourself, you were going to get abused and taken advantage of. And I hate bullies. Whatever shape, size, or color they are. When people start to bully me because of my faith, look it, we're going to get into it. Because I'm not going to back down from you. Now, there is a time that I may not even engage because the Bible and Proverbs says don't argue with a fool. Because I already see where you're going and you're just trying to find something. Because I can answer one question, then you're going to ask another one and another one. And you're not looking for wisdom. You're just looking for an argument. You're just trying to trip me up on any one little iota. So I'm going to say, look, peace be with you. I'm out. But if you want truth, I'll I'll engage in truth. But my truth is going to come from here. Because guess what? Even my own ideas and plans haven't always worked. But I know when I revert back to this, things go a lot better. Here we have this. In, In our walk, sometimes we think things... And here's what Proverbs 14, 12 says. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in its end, the way is death. You think you might know how to walk out your Christianity if you're not following the scriptures? It's not going to work out right. At this point, I, just, I don't want to look at anybody. I just want. I don't want no one to say, oh, pastor's talking to me. No, no. What I want to tell you is, If it ain't here, it ain't right. Your opinion, your feelings, who who helped you to feel that way? Who helped you to come to that conclusion? Where did you get that information? From the world? From non-believers? Surely, we got to go to this to see if it's right or not. And I get it. There's some areas that you wonder, I just don't know. But we got to go back to the Word. Matthew sixteen twenty-five tells us, For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for eternity. For what will it profit a man to gain the world, wealth, fame, or success, but forfeit his soul? Or what will it or or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know how many rich celebrities and athletes and politicians on their deathbed wish that they could change some things? They'd give up all the wealth in the world for some peace of mind and for an assurance, a hope that they'd make heaven their home. You can be successful, make the big salary. Have the big positions. But if you're not doing what God called you to do, it's all for naught. And he's talking about it right here. What is it to to be successful by the world's eyes, but in the kingdom of God, you're a pauper? You're a poor person? You're a vagabond? A bum? But yet you have that person who's faithful every single week, doing whatever in the church cleaning the toilets, raking the yard. Painting, cleaning. They're going to be more advanced in the kingdom of God than what you are with your lofty salary and full benefits. The kingdom of God is a little bit different. And we've got to view it differently. Here's what it's getting to. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen, it tells us, Do you not know that your bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who is within you, who you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property. Let me stop right here. Oh, Jesus, why are you telling me to do this? Sometimes it's not easy to preach because I already know I'm going to step on somebody's own. Your body's not your own if you're a Christian. Well, either way, it's not. You serve one of two masters. You know that, right? You're either serving the Lord or by default you're serving the devil. You belong to one of them. Have you ever heard of that? My body's my own. My body, my rights. No, 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 no. If you're a Christian, you were bought with a price. Your body's not your own. I'm sorry. I don't care what the world says. Jesus said, I knew yet while you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I I knit you together. I had a plan and purpose for you. You're right. End it when you lay down and leave it right there when you give your life to the lord it's not yours anymore to give do you hear me it's not yours anymore to give so are you going to live be a living sacrifice take up your cross follow him Honor him with your body. Are you, is your body an honorable vessel? When you come into the sanctuary, can you lift up holy hands? Now, I'm not being judgmental because I've got some times where I've got to stop and check myself in the back. But, like, Lord Jesus, this week I, I struggle with, with uh, pride and ego. This week I study with defeat. Lord, help me to get victory over that. I want to lift up holy hands to you, Lord. And I, you should be doing that as you walk. We all have to do it. i got to do it. you got to do it. But we should do it as we walk not wait and have a big pile of stuff to try to clear up before you get in here and try to lift up holy hands. Are you with me? Do you see how it's not me saying, but it's the scripture saying it. The scripture is God breathed. Your body's not your own. You were bought with a price. Jesus gave up, although he was innocent, gave up his life for you and I. And today we're going to have a baptism, which is a joyous occasion. And there's a lot of confusion in the world about baptisms, but I'm going to get to that in a little bit. You were bought with a price, you're not actually, you were purchased by the precious blood of Jesus, he made it your own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. 2 Corinthians 5.15 tells us that we are a new creation, the old is gone. Meaning what you used to do, you don't do no more. Who you used to talk to and the things you used to talk about, you don't do that no more. There should be a distinct change, a clear difference, like a a light on the ceiling, easily seen by all. It shouldn't be a secret. It shouldn't be a question that someone sees you and says, oh, they're a Christian. Oh, they're a believer. When you look in the mirror, can you see what the world sees and can you say, yep, man of God, woman of God, child of God? go pray for somebody today. I'm going to heal somebody today. I'm a witness to somebody today. I'm going to have that conversation with somebody today. The Lord is going to know I'm serving him today. We should all have that conversation in the mirror in the morning. And sometimes we've got to remind ourselves. Water baptism is a public profession of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. What it represents is death, burial, and resurrection. That's the path of salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Remember, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We go down in the water representing the cleansing, the washing, the dead man being washed away. We rise up a new creation. Now, Sister Aubrey, who's getting ready, she's going to come. We're going to baptize her in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, like Scripture tells us to do when he says go into all the world and create disciples. And then we've got to teach them. She's been a disciple. She's been learning. She's been developing. But this is part of. Now, here's the thing. Does this mean this is salvation? No. Salvation was already given when she gave her life to the Lord. I was baptized as a baby in the Catholic Church. That didn't give me salvation. Salvation is a choice. Remember, Romans 10, 9 and 10. I keep going back to that. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Can a baby confess that? And believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead. Can a, can a baby make that decision? No. So therefore, there's no salvation. There's no dying to the old man. The baby doesn't have any... It can't make that decision. I was... Baptized the Catholic Church. But I also was, when my mom gave her life to the Lord, converted to Christianity, and and started serving him, and as I grew up in the church, I was baptized. Now, here's the thing. I was baptized more than once. Because I fell away. What does that represent? I went back and jumped in the mud. And when I got out, I had to go get cleaned again. That's just the way it goes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some of you have backslid. You need, you need to get back in the water of Jesus. Let him cleanse you up again. Why? Because here's some things that you don't know. As Are, are they ready? Where are they at? I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to talk, talk to you real quick. It, it's symbolic, but here's what really happened. Because we wrestle not against flesh, blood, but against principality. So there's a spiritual side to us, right? When sin enters in, sin represents death. The wages of sin is? But the gift of God is? So sin is death. When you have a hedge of protection about you as a Christian, when you open the door to sin, the demonic spirits come in. And they don't just come in one. They come in packs. And they don't fight fair. They fight dirty. And you want to know how they come in packs? You'll see fear, doubt, worry, and anxiety. That's a pack that runs together you got lust, pornography, uh fornication, uh, uh uh adultery. That that pack runs together. You got these packs of demons that come in and do that. And when you entertain that stuff or you do any of that stuff, now you have spiritual leeches on you, sort to speak. You get that? When does that get delivered? You give the Lord you give your life back to the Lord. That stuff doesn't automatically disappear. You got to Scripture says you got to bind it. You got to rebuke it. You got to set it free. You got to loose it. So, if you were a Christian, you went back into the world and you came back, have you done that? Have you gotten washed up, set free? If not, you need to be. And this is part of that process. So, if you, you know, we're not judging those who have backslid, we're saying, hey, come get cleaned up. Let's live a victorious life. So-